Hello and welcome to the Hoosie Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And after what seems well, a bloody long time, actually, we return once again and we're here with this week with a big finish review. And it's a Paul McGann 8th Doctor story, Seasons of Fear. But first, let's have some news. And actually, there is actually some news to discuss this time, isn't there? Yes. Yeah, because um, well, there's been quite a few things coming out. Now, uh, I think that the most recent thing, and definitely worthy of uh, inclusion, uh, is that The Power of the Daleks is going to receive a 50th anniversary animation release. Now, this was... Um, it sort of briefly appeared, didn't it? And then was quickly taken down again. Everyone was saying, ah, it's, a, it's a hoax, it's a joke, and people got nothing better to well, do yeah. with their time. There have been, then... ru- been rumours for a few weeks, hadn't there? Mm, yeah. Um, and then, lo and behold, the BBC said we're making an announcement at midnight, and... Um, on Wednesday, the 7th of September, and, and lo and behold, it was to announce this. Um, surprised? Yes. Same here. To be honest. Because um, I, I must admit, I know there was all the rumours, and I just didn't take any notice of it. I thought it was just someone playing a rather elaborate and poor hoax. Uh, but when this came out, I thought, what well, all six episodes animated, and I just thought there was no money for this anymore. Yeah, I mean, considering the, the last couple of... Um... DVD releases we had, they'd sort of said, no, we can't afford to do the animation. Yeah. And just bunged it out, really, hadn't they? Yeah, exactly. Now, this is going to so, release um, through the BBC Store initially um, as an, uh, sort of an, an online digital release um, from Saturday the 5th of November at uh, 10 to 6 p.m. in the UK. And then it's released on consecutive days thereafter, the six episodes in total. And then it'll be shown BBC America on the 12th of November. Um, if you're waiting for the DVD release, certainly in the, in the United Kingdom, that's going to be released on the 21st of November. Um, it does say here that no other regions have been announced um, at the time this article was was published. So um, what are you going to go for, Paul? Are you, are you going to go for the digital download or are you going to wait for the DVD? Um, I'll probably, know me, end up waiting for the DVD. I probably will but, as well, actually. I think I will as well. I, just something about the... I just like collecting the DVDs. I, yeah. You know, it doesn't make sense to have all the others on DVD and have that one as a digital download. I mean, you know... So. But it, it may depend on how bored I get between the fifth... <laughs> <laughs> the, if I find myself with a whole free day, then there may be the... It may get overcome me that I need to actually sit down and watch it. Maybe, maybe. Well, I mean, what what does this say for the other missing episodes? Is, is this going? Is it just because it's the fifth anniversary of this important story? Because it was the very first um, Troughton story, obviously. He just regenerated or renewed, as they as they called it back then. Um, do you think there'll, there'll be any more? Would you like to see any more? Or would you like, like to see hold, any more. hold out for the missing episodes to be returned? I, I suspect. That the whole thing on this is, does this make money? Yeah. And if this makes money, then we'll get more. If it doesn't, then we won't. Well, pure and simple. I don't. I don't. I doubt there's going to be a lot of done on this just through the love of it, so to speak. No. If it makes, you know, it it may even be if it covers its costs, they may decide, yeah, we'll we'll do this. Well, yeah. I mean, and it's a pretty good thing for BBC America, I'd have thought. Oh be, God, yeah! To to be sort of like to actually air this, um, yeah, you know, and like, they they've obviously put their money into it, and it's going to give you know them a a big uh, talking point. Well, exactly. I mean, this is the this the thing. I mean, if it's a success, and I, and I suppose if the ratings are good on BBC America, will they be willing to fund other missing stories? Yeah, yeah. Like know, I this is the thing. It, you know, this this is. How everything goes forward from this, I think he's, he's going to particularly fall or rise on the basis of how good this is. This yeah. is basically a pilot episode. In a sense, yes, it is in a certain way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. This is like testing and, the waters. Yeah, and if there's a demand for it, and 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 they can see a a money making thing out of it, then yeah, we'll get more because 
Why wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, the basis. Exactly. Um, it's it's a shame though because we we've actually um, sort of covered powder. We were talking about this the other night, weren't we? Yeah. Um, over over a few um, few liquid refreshments, and um, yeah, it's also we, we covered powder Daleks under the under our target review banner, uh, and we we did the comparison to the audio. What what's left of the, you know the audio tapes um, from, yeah. from this story? So um, maybe we'll, we'll do a, a quick review of the DVD when we get it or something. I don't know. But, maybe yeah. But apparently it is. Um, um, I did read somewhere it's going to be a two disc release. Now whether that's true or not, I honestly don't know. Uh, but it would be interesting if it is. Actually, maybe it's going to. I mean, there is some surviving footage from this, isn't there? It's not complete, totally. Totally, but yeah. I don't think there's many there's any episodes left in its entirety. It's just little snippets, as I understand. Um, I mean, please don't quote me on that. I mean, you obviously have a, a I presume you obviously have <laughs> a, a making of, and you'll probably have comparisons between what they have got, yeah, and what they've animated to show how close or how much license they was given to deviate. Well, it makes you wonder if, if they've done any of what you know those rather excellent sort of um, documentaries they always do with the with the, on the classic DVDs. They talk to the surviving cast and crew members about the making of it. Um, yeah, I, maybe there's going to be something. I mean, I'm, it's all guesswork on our part here, but maybe there'll be something like that on there, which, which would be nice actually because there hasn't been one really for Power of the Daleks, has there? I know they've sort of covered you know the Troughton years and that sort of thing. Um, but not actually one dedicated solely to this this particular story. So it would be uh, it would be nice. Not conjecture on our part, though. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think hopefully everyone will go out and buy this in at least one form or another. Yeah, and we will see more of them. Yeah. Coming. Now, now um, also, there's the, they're doing a special event at the BFI. Um, in I know. London, is, yeah. Is, is, is it the time to renew the membership? Well, um, yeah. It, <laughs> so further information will be available from the BFI website from Monday, the nineteenth of September. Um, so there's going to be a special script of only the first three episodes, and it would include a Q and A with an, um, Annika Wills, Charles Norton, and Fraser Hines. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, you're, if you're lucky you're, enough to get tickets, you're, you're going to have to keep your eye on that. <laughs> Yes, you're going to be away, aren't you? So I'm going to be away. Yeah. Yes, yes. So uh, I'm no longer a member, though, unfortunately. Maybe I should renew no, my this, membership. This, this is week. what I'm saying. I don't know whether <laughs> this may well be the uh, point at which we have to renew. Maybe, right. maybe. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, now in other news, now um, sort of, uh, sort of. I think it was sort of late last week, actually. Um, Peter Capaldi. Um, let slip during a sort of a, a, it was like a sort of a, a fan meet and greet sort of thing. Someone was filming it, he was doing um, autographs and stuff. And he was asked by a fan, when do you, you know, when would Doc 2 be back on? And, he's, and he said in the video, we'll be on at Christmas, then it starts again in April, I think. So um, everyone said that's a pretty good guess. That's that's when it would that's when it would be. It's around about Easter time, so um, Easter surrounds what the. 15th yeah. the Saturday of Easter is the 15th isn't it yeah like, so yeah, yeah that so, would be so keeping I'm, yeah now I'm, I'm well well it may be true I'm slightly sort of um want to sort of temper that a little bit because it hasn't officially been announced by the BBC and until it does then as far as I'm concerned it's not set in concrete no really um everyone's got really sort of like no no it's he said so it's definitely it's April but well no it's not definitely until the BBC say so as far as I'm concerned yeah. so um but yeah um I mean really for for the new series it's back in its traditional sh- uh, slot isn't it yeah um not totally sure of I like it there but no I, I must admit I do I, I do prefer it on in, in the autumn months yeah um for, for for us as the older fans it, it's Doctor Who was on when it was dark outside. The yeah. only advantage of that being then is would it be pushed around less? Because it won't be the. This is the thing, the, isn't the it? The filler for strictly between the main show and the announcement bits or whatever. Exactly. Um, because it gives the show the chance. This will be the show on the BBC that evening. Yeah. Rather than that, and then strictly, which is what they're really pushing. 
that that's yeah. the, that's the big crowd pull on, for, on a Saturday night is strictly so. And as you say, Doctor Who was shunted around all over the place. Um, and hopefully, if it's back on in the spring again, it won't. Yeah, it'll get. But, but... Yeah, you know, it will. It will get more of a a loyal following, and maybe uh, hopefully on earlier in the evening as well. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? If it's not up against anything, then yeah. Um, hope, yeah, it'll just be given its own little slot. Yeah, here's hoping. Here's hoping. Now, um, other um, news and Doctor, and this was announced ages ago, actually, but we we just haven't covered it because we haven't actually recorded for weeks now, have we, actually? Um, but as, as you, most of you will know anyway, um, David Suchet um, is going to be, be an appearing in Series 10 of Doctor Who as well, playing um, a, a character called The Landlord. Mm. Sounds mysterious, I don't know. Um, and this is an episode written by Mark Bartlett, who um, recently did Dr. Foster, starring um, another Doctor Who alumni. And Sarah Jane alumni, actually. Uh, Sarah, um, Saran Jones. I was going to say Sarah yeah. Jane Jones then, actually. Saran Jones. So, um, and uh, of course, most of you should know um, that David Suchet is famously known for playing the Poirot all, all these years. So, um, Interesting. The, yeah. land, the landlord sounds sort of like a, a, a mysterious sort of character. So, um, hmm, interesting. We don't know anything else about that much. What we can say, really, is there. So. No. No. Um, so, moving swiftly on, then. As long as he's not yet another follow-up to The Lodger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not another one. <laughs> oh, don't get me started on that. Um, now, anyway, um, now, another sort of... Sort of Doctor Who, this is Doctor related news actually, Class. Now we understand Class um, is going to be um, broadcast in October on um, BBC Three. What's it called now? Is it just called Three Online? Or I've got no idea. I haven't even looked at Three since it moved to digital platform only. Uh, have you? Uh, no, to be honest. No, I, I don't even know where to look but for it. To, but be to be perfectly honest, I didn't look at it when it was on. When it was on. No, me neither. To be honest uh, with you, um, preview. So no, yeah, I can't say. Yeah. Now uh, that's due, as I say, that's due to um, to be on our screens in October. It's been confirmed that Peter Capaldi will be in the opening episode. Um, so it looks like we're going to get a a little sort of Doctor or Twelfth Doctor fix before Christmas, which is which is uh, no bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. Um, it's going to be released in one big block, as it's like a bit like you know, like the, in in the style of Netflix or, or um, Amazon Prime or whatever. Um, we're not too, too sure how we're going to review this yet, are we? No. Or whether we will review it, because if we don't like it, we're not going to bother with it. So <laughs> <laughs> it might not be for us. <laughs> yeah, we're going to take our ball back. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see how we go with it anyway. Um, but alongside this is going to be some uh, tie novels uh, to be released. A lot. Apparently it says it alongside the series premiere. Um, now there's three um, so three books. Uh, one is Joyride, written by Guy Adams. The Stone House by um, A.K. Benedict, and What She Does Next Will Astound You by James Goss. Uh, now apparently these are all supposed to tie in with the show itself, isn't it? Not like separate stories. Supposed to tie in somehow. Yeah, I'm not too sure how this is gonna it's gonna work at the moment, but um, oh, it's got they're really pushing this, aren't they? Yeah. They're really, they're sort of really pushing this at the moment, so um, I mean, I hope it's a success. Yeah, I mean, you, you, know. you probably start to feel sorry because if the, if the, if the actual series isn't a success, then the people that have spent time writing these books are not necessarily going to find themselves yeah, appreciated. Mm, indeed, indeed. Yeah, I mean, I do hope it is it is a, a, a hit anyway. Um, apparently, he's going to get a show on BBC Two as well. Um, after after it's airing on the uh, on the online platform, so it will it will be shown on terrestrial television at some point. I don't know when that is though. I just read it that it's going to be um, yeah. It will it will be aired on BBC Two at some point. So um, anyway, I mean, we'll 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 certainly be watching to to begin with anyway, won't we? Um, but yeah. It, but well, I don't think what I want to do is. Um, continue regardless and just spew forth bile like we did with Torchwood Miracle Day. Because <laughs> that just got depressing come the end, didn't it? <laughs> we'll try and watch them and well, yeah. we'll say we'll try and watch them, but you know, we, we, we'll try and give it we'll try and give it as it's our best shot. Um, <laughs> we will see then. I know sort of Doctor Who's not really our, <laughs> it's not our age group class certainly won't be our age group it's aimed at teenagers, you know, so yes. 
Yeah, well, this, we'll is, see. This, is aimed, this is aimed at an older audience than Doctor Who, so it's obviously not for us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll see. We'll give it a go. We'll give it a go. Yeah. Um, now, anyway, in um, big finish news. Um, it's been announced that there's going to be some further adventures uh, for Jack Harkness, Captain Jack Harkness, given his full title, uh, with a new series coming in June 2017. And this is called The Lives of Captain Jack. Um, and it's going to star, or guest star, uh, Russell Tovey, uh, Camille Kaduri, um, Alexander Vlahos, I don't know who that is, Sarah Douglas, um, Scott Harron, Aaron Neal, and Katie Manning. As well, um, the four adventures will see Captain Jack in different times and on different planets, doing battle with a variety of strange and horrible enemies from Mother Nothing to the Council of Three. So, hmm. sounds. I mean, I've seen people talking about Katie Manning and saying, "Oh, I wonder who she's going to be playing." It may just be that she was happened to be around the big Finnish studios. Well, she, recording something else. I, I, I would say... And, and they sort of said, oh, you know, we need a character to do... We need an, an actress to do this. So would you mind doing this? Well, it's it could be something, as you say, completely unrelated to what she's done before. It could be Joe Grant or it could be Iris Wildtime. So, yeah. yeah, so um, who who knows? Who knows? But um, I must have, I still haven't got round to listening to her, the, the, the uh, Torchwood stuff. Yeah, apparently it's very, oh. very good. Uh, so I, I really must... Um, we must sort of, sort of get crack on that, really. Yeah. But uh, interestingly, though, th- did you see that um, comment from um, John Barrowman who's saying it was um, certain egos that the BBC was, was preventing Doctor, uh, sorry, torture from returning to television? Yeah. Not too sure what to what to make of that, actually. Um. I mean, it may well just be that. Russell T. Davis doesn't particularly want to write it himself, but doesn't particularly want to give his baby up to somebody else. Well, there is that, isn't there, really? It appears to be sort of done with sci-fi for the time being, doesn't he, um, RTD? Yeah. So, I'd like and to say... It may be a case that unless he's got some sort of um, input into it, he doesn't really want it to just go off and have its own life yeah. on TV. I don't know. But he's obviously allowing the big finish... Mm. to do that so don't know hmm. Hmm. It's, 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 I think it's interesting that it's sort of I, I'm glad it's sort of found I wasn't, I wasn't a massive fan of Torch I've got to be perfectly honest but I'm glad it's found like a new lease of life mm. with Big Finish um, I mean give Big Finish their due they really do once they've got, a, got a, a license for something they do give it their all don't they so yeah. they, they do pull all the stops out and you know and, and Good luck to them, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, actually, another news link I haven't got in front of me before we move on to our, our last one we've, we've got lined up. Um, it was all sort of a little story doing the rounds um, from Christopher Eccleston, um, who did a was it a radio interview? Was it in Australia? Yes, or something. Yeah, um, and basically, I mean, to you know, to not to put too fine a point on it, he said that he sort of kind of regretted not doing a second series um, of Doctor Who. Um, because he sort of, he, sort of paraphrasing, he felt he would have got it right in yeah. doing a, a second series because he he didn't quite hadn't done sort of light comedy before. Um, and he does go back to saying about you know you needed a good director. Yes. Um, another little dig at Keith Boak there. So. <laughs> he re- because, yeah, if they'd have got a decent director, yeah. It may well have all worked out. It worked out because he had he had nothing but praise for Joe Ahern. Um, yeah, but um, sort of quite. It was quite damning in his silence with regard to Keith Boke, really. So <laughs> I don't know. I think it was quite damning in his words. <laughs> well, he he would never outwardly name him or, or slag him off, and it, it was it was. I think it was quite quite obvious who he was talking about there. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I mean. It is what it is now. There's no going back. Um, but would you like to have seen it? I mean, we're, we're, we're due to start doing the um, first series, aren't we? And our retrospective fairly fairly soon. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, would, would you like to have seen him done a, a second series? Do you think one series was enough for you of Eccleston? Um, no, I'd like to have seen him do another series, but you just don't know how these things would have panned out, do you? I mean, he could have done a second series, it not been ta- received very well, and that was the end of... Doctor Who, yeah. Doctor Who. Yeah. 
Um, it may just be a case that, in terms of it, it's the right man at the right time for Tennant to come along and the rest is history, history so to speak. Yeah, as they say. Yeah, indeed. I can't believe it's 11 years ago. Yeah. Now, I thought, unbelievable. Unbelievable. But uh, anyway, anyway, so um, it's a shame. It's a shame. But at least, he, I mean, maybe he's warming to the idea a bit more now. Mm. Um, you know, big finish. There's always a, you know, there's always a big finish to, to go to if he doesn't fancy committing to a to a TV series or a, or a special or something. There's always that. Yeah, so. I mean, from, from the point of view, it's nice to hear if, if he has got regrets and thinks he could have done it better, mm. then he may well eventually decide that, yeah, actually, that give me a chance to to do it as I as, as I feel I could have done. Yeah. Oh, well, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Now it's, uh, it's just a pity we're not coming up to a big anniversary soon because the way he's talking there, you suspect that he might well have done it this now. If it had well, been, yeah, if, if year... been next year that had been the fiftieth or something, when he's talking like that, we yeah. might well have got him. Well, by all accounts, it, it was a close run thing with the fiftieth, and he just sort of the last minute said, "No, nah, I'm not. I'm, you know, it's, it's not for me anymore." And and it's a shame, as you say, if it had been next year instead, who knows? Yeah, who knows with that one. Anyway, um, last up in the news, um, again, this is quite an old news item because we're, we're playing sort of a lot of, of catch-up here, so you might have already read or heard about this. But the Doctor Appreciation Society um, actually celebrates its uh, 40th anniversary this year. Um, and honorary, uh, oh, oh, the speed we're going 41st. <laughs> oh, obviously, obviously. <laughs> now, um, those you might know, uh, might know and might not know out that John Pertwee was the first honorary president of the DWAS, and in honour um, of John Pertwee, they're, they're raising funds for a, a heritage plaque, uh, which they want to be installed at the new Wimbledon Theatre, um, which is where uh, the premiere of the Ultimate Doctor of the Ultimate Adventure, which John Pertwee starred in, um, well, that was in back in 1989. So um, as part of the, the fundraising, they're selling uh, badges, um, which are based on the, the, the TARDIS roundels, um, and they can be so it's here, purchasing sets of seven uh, via their website. Okay, so um, it'd be nice to have him yeah. sort of rem- remembered like that, actually. Now, um, on Sunday the 23rd, I think it's a Sunday, the 23rd of October, uh, the DWS AS are having a special one-day event called Polarity Day, uh, where John Pertwee will be uh, celebrated. So um, I'm just looking up here, actually... Uh, does it say anything about just as it be a ticket, um, a ticket event? Um, haven't actually released any details. Now you get tickets for that event at the moment, but the um, the badge set um, is uh, ten pounds. Yeah, for seven badges. So um, and all profits will go towards the the the, the fund uh, for the plaque. So I don't, I don't, I don't think you get any sort of. Uh, it's not one of those sort of fundraising things. If you pledge so much, you get a t-shirt, or you get to pull the cord when they, you know, on the on the curtains when they when they show it on the wall. I don't know. So um, get badges. Yeah, get badges. That's it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so there you go. There you go, everybody. So um, that's it for the news. Um, quite a bit to talk about there because we have been. We're actually. When was the last time we actually recorded? Um, well, it's sort of like the <laughs> sort of like beginning of August, wasn't it, or something? <laughs> um, no, I think we sort of did the middle somewhere. Mid mid August was that? I can't remember. Yeah. Such a long time ago. Such a long time ago. But uh, anyway, anyway. Yeah, it was only, it was only around about the twelfth, thirteenth. You just seem to have missed a lot, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, everybody, that was uh, that's it for the news. So, next is our review of Seasons of Fear from Big Finish. So, for another week, then that was the news. Okay, everybody, it's time for another big finish review. And as we said at the top of the show, this time we are covering an eighth Doctor story starring Paul McGann and India Fisher as Charlie Pollard. And it's The Seasons of Fear. Rayli, the time approaches. Have the sacrifices at the appointed coordinates. We will switch to the psionic mind beam for the transfer of power. It was at the Singapore Hilton, on the cusp of the years 1930 and 1931, that I first met Mr. Sebastian Grail. 
My masters will bestow upon me the earldom of Earth. It will be my efforts that will allow their entrance to this world. Ugh. If there isn't anything here, then I... So what happens now? Lucilius announces the blood bathing and then Greylight carries it out. I have gathered the holy metal, followed their instructions. They are grateful enough for that. No! No, it's not the time yet. Over and out! Doctor? The first instalment of your immortality awaits you. Right you are. Tonight is when they, whoever they are, begin to make Grail immortal. We have to stop it! Doctor! Ah, there we are. Doctor, we're not going to make it in time! Okay, uh, and it's my turn to kick proceedings off, isn't it? Yeah, but first, can we just sort of say about, obviously, as we review stuff and spoilers and whatever, if you don't want to know what this is about, then please obviously turn off now, go listen to it and come back and listen to our usual drivel when you yes. <laughs> because yes. cause, cause the thing with spoilers actually is uh, quite into me with this this episode mm. because obviously when you announced what we was going to do as the as the new as our next F thing oh yes 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 uh, it's my text to you Ian, isn't it Ian Thomas McLean said the, re- the reveal monster is so shocking which I might have agreed with him had had when I emailed you, texted you to say, "What do you fa- What should we should we do? Do you fancy doing this or something else?" Yeah, I got a text back, and what did that text say? <laughs> Apparently, the Nymons are in this one. <laughs> yeah, let's let's do seasons of fear. The Nymons are in that. A text which arrived about forty seconds before I got to the review. <laughs> As I was listening to it at the time. Oh dear, we kind of control the spoilers within our own podcast. <laughs> oh crikey! Well, yes, there there will be spoilers. This this story was released by Big Finish in March two thousand and two, so um, it, it's it's a quite an old an old release. This one. Uh, this was written by Paul Cornell and Caroline Simcox. I think it's the first Paul Cornell story we've covered, isn't it? Yeah, might be. Yeah, in audio, I'm not entirely sure, but. Um, Anyway, I, I do have the honour of, of, of kicking this one off. Um, yes. I don't know about you, Paul, but I, I think this is my favourite McGann story I've listened to so far. I really, um, really, I really, really enjoyed this. I wouldn't go that far. No, what, what, what would you say? So, what you listened to so far was was better. Um, I think the Chimes of Midnight. Oh, which actually preceded this story in the yeah, order of yes. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I still think it's probably one of my favourite. Okay, and okay. Um, I'd keep with that on this one. No, I mean, I, yeah, I like this one. Um, starting off though, the the one thing about this one that sort of slightly jars with me hmm. is the narration bits. No, you see, I I didn't mind that. I didn't mind it was sort of that the doctor was recounting the story. It's not until you get to the end, yeah, that you know he's actually talking, he's telling somebody about it because it's because what happens as as yeah has had consequences uh, throughout time. Um, so I, I didn't I didn't mind that actually. I thought it was, it was quite a, a, a nice little hook for the story, to be honest. Yeah, I know. I, I think probably. Because one of the things that I've already really liked about Big Finish is the fact there's a lack of them using narration to 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 enhance the the plot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so actually, getting one that does it, and I'm sort of now thinking to myself, well, you know, is is this one of the things that I've I, I've always thought I didn't quite like? So. Well, I mean, unless this they did they did this as just like a uh, a one off. So I don't know if they've used that trope in in other stories because you know there's so many other big finishes that we haven't got round to listening yeah. to yet. You know there's, there's a massive catalogue to, to to get through. Mm. 
Um, oh no, yeah. I, no. I didn't mind it. I didn't mind that aspect. To be honest, I quite I quite enjoyed it. It was it was something. Well, it's what we listened to so far. It was something different to my mind. You know, so I, I, I didn't I didn't mind it at all. Um, but I did I did actually say like it the fact that it actually just then come back to it's not just narration in itself. No, no, it's not. Of the Doctor idly telling you what's going on, it is that he's he's presumably explaining what's happened to somebody else. Yeah, it it, it does serve a purpose rather than. Yeah, uh, we don't quite know how to open this story, so we will just have a bit of opening narration, which is yeah. Something guilt uh, the, the TV series has been guilty of. Yeah, I think this is pro- you know, probably where this sort of hits me is, as to why I'm sort of a bit against it is because I dislike the TV ones that start off like that. <laughs> so I've probably tarred this with the same brush. Yes, probably. Yes, end of time part one. I'm looking at you there actually, yeah. and the hungry earth. Yes, well, actually, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Exactly what you mean. Um, but what I what I did like about this uh, was the that makes good the sort of the, the, you know time travel in this story as well, um, which I thought was intelligently used. You know, going through different periods of history, and then and then, as I say, spoilers coming back to where they started. Yeah, as well. But yeah, yeah, logically used. I mean, I've always said that I like. If you if you've got your main character can travel in time, then I, I quite like stories that that use that. Yes, and it certainly did, and I I, I, I like that. And I, I think the the other thing I liked as well that where especially when you got to sort of the time sort of ever with the confessor, um, which is what ten fifty five A D wasn't it? It was there was a little bit of history there as well um, between the Doctor. And and end up with a confessor, so and and his wife as well. So um, I like that as well. But you you didn't the way it was done. You didn't necessarily need to know that background. It just no. it just they're just throwaway comments. To yeah, and, explain why the doctor is um, accepted. Yes, exactly. And it was just the way it was done. It, it, it got round that whole thing of well, you know, we, we've got a four part story. Is going through different time periods. We haven't got a lot of time to set things up. We've got to just get things going all the time with, with the story of Sebastian Grail. And it, it just the dialogue was was so well written. That's all it needed. It didn't need any further background than that. Yeah. What, what you know, and what what what, you know, what was discussed. So I I thought it worked really, really well. I thought it was excellent. Um and also another return to um the Hellfire Club. Yes, as well another point in history, um, which again I thought was, and that was sort of like the June, the, the original time of the Hellfire Club, wasn't it? That um, yeah. sort of early nineteenth century. So again, I just I just like the the use of uh, sort of like things that actually happened in history, um, and the thing about the, the the Roman thing, I sort of like you know this Mithraism thing. Um, that was actually a, a, a proper religion. Yeah. That that was practiced between. I think it says here to the first from the first to the fourth century of the Roman Empire, and the whole bull slaying thing was a central theme. It was like um, Mithras slaying the bull. Um, so to tie that in with with the the Nymon, which I, which I thought was a really clever thing to do. Yeah, you suspect that was that was the idea that kickstarted the whole yeah. story, isn't it? Yeah, I, and I really liked it. But even to, to to the point of the underground temple, I mean, that was accurate as well. That's they had all these underground temples, which apparently have, have, have been found. You know, sort of dug up, sort of, you know, archaeological wise. So I I, I thought it, it really worked. I just like the, the use of the time travel, use of actual history to tie it into the the Nymon. Um I just thought it was it was a good thing. I thought I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, but the Nymon aren't really the villains of the piece, really. They're just sort of like a MacGuffin, aren't they? Well, yeah. I mean, until obviously uh, you get to the end of the third disc, or you receive a text, you don't know they're actually in it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You you just got the the Sebastian Grail sort of talk, talks about his masters. Um, I mean, I mean to, and actually, at, at, at I mean, which point you sort of start to think, "No, I probably should have worked that one out." To be honest, well, all the hints because, were there, weren't they? Yes. I mean, if you take it back to to obviously the 
where it starts and the religion and whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. It all fits in. It does. It does. Um, I suppose. I mean, if you were going to pick a returning um, villain from the classic era, would you have picked the Nyman? Because that the story they featured in isn't. Well, it's remembered for all the wrong reasons, isn't it? What the overacting? Yes. I think of Grand Crowden. You know, yes. Stalk around the set going, Lord Nymon, Lord Nymon. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was expecting that to come to make a reappearance. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it, I, I mean, he tried to make them sort of like a credible threat, but it's always in the back of your mind, the bloke walking around in a body stocking and stacked, uh, stacked hills. Yes. Wearing a bull's head. <laughs> I know. was going to say, that might always be in the back of your mind. <laughs> well, I can say, Paul, it certainly is a powerful image. That's just, that's just short weekends when we're not doing the podcast. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get someone, someone dressed up as Soldy to chase you around the house going, Lord Nymon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it works for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, 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 it's an interesting choice of returning monster, put it that way. Yes. I think it was an interesting choice. Um, but it works in the context of the story, which echoes what you said, you know, this thing about the the, the, uh, the Mithraism religion. Um, it, you sort of get the feeling that that was picked upon because it's got a bull in it, what's a bull, a nymon, so we can sort of tie it all together. So whether that was how it was done, I've got absolutely no idea. But, um, but that's how I threw him, we're sticking to it. That's all I'm going to say. But uh, no, I liked it. And another interesting thing as well, they actually, um, during this hopping around in history, Charlie and the Doctor actually got into period costume as well. Yes. Rather than just sort of jumping out the TARDIS. Um, they're actually do, actually sort of trying to fit in. Well, I mean, there's, there's, there's the conversation, isn't there, before they arrive at the, uh, the first, the Roman cat fault. But this is about the best prepared he's ever been to. <laughs> yes, indeed. To fit in with the most most research they've ever done. Yes, yeah, because they then he spent a few months at a monastery. Yes, or something before they went to um, the, was it the Roman one, the Roman time first, yes. wasn't it? Yeah. So it was um, no, I just I just liked it. I, I just really I really sort of liked the, the whole the, the whole theme of the story, which I thought was great. Um, what did you think of the uh, performances? In this one, um, yeah, I mean, it does sort of rely to a large extent on the combination between Grail and the Doctor, mm. and I, I think that does work actually. Yeah, I, I, there were certain points I wasn't too sure of Stephen Perrin's performance as, as Grail, I and mean, sometimes he pitched it right, and then other times he sort of overacted it somewhat, and it sort of. Um, when you've got lines sort of like weakling scum and, and, and you know, meddling fool and, you know, they're sort of sort of very arch sort of dialogue. Um, I think it didn't quite work then. Maybe that's not Stephen Perrin's fault. Well, isn't, isn't you know. the, uh, the weakling scum comes from the horns of Nymon, doesn't it? I, do you know, it's such a with long the, time since I last watched that story. With the um, ship number two, every time he goes to check on the... Um, tribute people. Yeah. At the beginning, I think he calls them, doesn't he call them something weakling scum or oh, something like I, that? I don't and know. close the door. I've no idea, mate. No idea. But, uh, I yeah. might just be wrongly imagining that to fit that in, but no, I thought... Oh, well, you might. I thought that was something, there was something about he, 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 he calls them something every single time. Yes, <laughs> he, 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 he goes and has a look at them. Weakling scum, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just sort of it's that, it's that very arch sort of doll. Didn't quite work really, but um... I mean, and, and to be honest, he's he's meant to be. I mean, w- what he does well is, I think you get from the Roman times through, he does get madder and madder in terms of. He did do that quite well, actually. The as, yeah. as the um, as the sort of, it went on, um, yeah, he sort of. I don't know if it was madness, but he's... I don't know if madness is the right word for his character, actually. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, I think it's, it just becomes that basically um, self-righteous invulnerability and feels that everything's beneath him. 
it was that um as as many dot two fans can relate to a sense of entitlement <laughs> yes on it so yes. <laughs> Yes. Which echoes my comments of earlier. I want Doctor Who back on in the autumn, damn it, because that's when I watched it when I was a kid. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I think sense of entitlement was the, and it all does basically boil down to the fact that he wanted to, um, sort of change the the the, the basically the terms of his father's not we didn't have wheels back in those days, but you know his, his sort of inheritance wasn't it really? Well, it just wasn't boiled uh, down to money, really, didn't it? Yeah, it starts off. He's not. Well, well off enough or grand enough to marry the woman he loves. Yeah. Um, so, oh yeah, it starts from a point of view of of they offer him something there. Sort of like yeah, there's sort of that immortality that the, the Narmans yeah. offer him, and it's and again, the, the, I think the way it, and you suspect it, at that stage actually he's not particularly thinking in terms of immortality. He's just thinking in terms of. Showing everybody that he's not the was it? He says, he says something else, doesn't he? Later on, saying not the something. Is it the the other? Uh, how many son seventh seventh or eighth son or something? And yeah, he doesn't yeah, so quite it, do anything with his life. And yeah, that's it. So yeah, I mean, there, there was some good sort of, sort of purpose behind it, and also the the fact of. Um, he sort of he cannot die either, can he? He's not he's he's immortal. He just lives forever. He cannot be hurt either. It seems. Um, he's sort of watching sort of people die, and he it's a very sort of casual disregard for people's lives as it as it goes on as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You he know, just sees he's them as insignificant because they don't last very long. Exactly. Um, and it's, it's sort of I can't which episode. I think it's episode two where he's sort of him and the doctor having a. Um, one of the, one of their many confrontations throughout the story, and he, he sort of basically says, "Well, you know, what kind of a it's a, more like a curse than a gift to, to watch people die like this, wasn't it?" And that's why sort of, that one, you know, that's why I just want the you know the you know, the power now. Yeah, you know, that's what he drove him down that. I suppose you could say, you know, um, maybe maybe there was sort of like a, t- a tinge of sadness there as well. Watching people he knew die, and it was just, that sort of tipped him over the edge of, well, I've had enough of this, I just want the... All that's left well, me now is the power of it, you know. Yeah, well, that that was the thing, wasn't it? Every time he, every time they met, he was a little less human. Yes. Indeed. Uh, yeah. to, to the point of, right at the end, there's absolutely no humanity there at all, is there? No, there's it's, none. There's absolutely none. But um, yeah, so, I mean, anyway, it was it was it wasn't a bad performance. It was, it was all right. Just now and again, it didn't work. Um, I thought uh, Paul McGann and Dave Fisher were excellent in this. I yeah. really did. Um, they really are a great pairing, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and this is probably I think this is why this is my favourite McGann story so far because he just seemed to be um, more alive in this one. If you know what I mean. It, it, it's almost if like Paul Cornell and, and Karen Simcox knew how to write for for McGann's Doctor. Probably, yeah, probably that, more than what the others we've listened to. If you if you know what I mean. That sort of not indifference that he does, but almost almost slightly disconnected. Yes, but in this you do realise that it's actually not. It's just as he's pointed out by Charlie a few times that. Mm. It's it's what he does to get people to tell him what he wants to know. Yeah, that's it, and it's also the sort of like that, the you know the, the eighth Doctor's joy of life and the the, the natural exuberance yeah. that you got in the TV movie. I I, I feel came through in in, in this yeah. particular story. I really do. Um, I just like to, I just like the sort of like India Fisher as as, as well because she she just sort of giving sort of little wry comments all the way through it. You know, or, or sort of about the doctor, or about the situation, and it just it just worked brilliantly. I just loved it, and and I thought that the dialogue that was written for them was 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 excellent. I really did. I yeah, really no, did. it did it did work in that point of view. Yeah, um, and actually, I mean, my I think my favourite, and, and also also one of the the best bits about this actually is the fact that uh, probably along with. 
the fifth doctor yeah. the eighth doctor is probably as it comes across that the least likely to kill somebody <laughs> yeah you or, do you do get that throughout don't you you you, you sort and, of know he he will never all the way through I will not pick up a weapon hmm. and even when he has a duel um, with, with Grove, he's got no intention of killing him he, he just knows the sword he's got yeah. will reverse some of the effects yeah, or his immortality. We'll, we'll yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, and and there tends to have been that sort of attitude with um, the the Eighth Doctor in in some most of the uh, big finish stuff. So this story really just brings that home because now he's chasing somebody he knows he's got to he's has got to be taken out of the equation. Mm. But how do you do that to to an immortal person that you don't want to kill anyway? I know exactly. So that was the use of time. He's had to go back and try and just put it right without killing him. Yeah, he's, he's, try, he's trying, trying to, to change trying his to mind. On a different path. Yeah, exactly. Um, now this is what the story's really about, isn't it? Because what the Nine Ones are doing with Grail is is a consequence of what the Doctor's done. Yeah. Um, and this you don't actually find out why it's a consequence, but basically it's it's because he saved Charlie Pollard from the crash of the R one hundred one airship. Back in Storm Warning, I think was a that story, yeah. wasn't it? Um, this is having a, a knock-on effect in space and time. So, because even at the end, the Tyrus doesn't want, want to go back to where the story started in Singapore in 1930. Yeah, it doesn't want to go back there. So, yeah, that there's there's something going on, and um, and apparently that's um, revealed in Neverland. I think is the story that 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 is referring right. to. So, um, yeah, I, I just I just really really like this story. That's I think you know it's just it, I just really enjoyed it. It is sort of um, I think it's one of the longest ones we've done for because I think the last one we did was a two parter, wasn't it? Um, I can't remember. No, I think we've done. No, I thought the last big finish one we did was just a two part story. Um, might have been I'm trying to think because they're the ones on um, Radio Four, the two Sixth Doctor ones. Yeah, yeah. Although they were hour long, two parts. Oh, were they? So they so, were originally yeah. four parts. Then, yeah. oh right, yeah. that's it. You so. guess right. That's right. They were. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, no. I, I, mean, I, I mean, the other thing about this, the good thing about this is you've also got a sort of. I mean, what you have got in this is a Doctor going through. It's all about cause and effect. Yes, and for once, the Doctor isn't so worried about the effect because he knows he's trying to put time back. You know, time is already gone wrong. Yes, so he can't make it any worse. That's right. So yeah, he's just doing what he has to do, basically. So it's quite interesting. For the, I mean, the whole thing about the where he says that we've got a license to meddle. <laughs> yeah, he does actually. Yeah, <laughs> which you think he's sort of. He seems to be enjoying quite a bit. Well, I, I just I think that's why it, it it just works so well because that's why Paul McGill, the, the, oh, Paul McGill, the Eighth Doctor, is it's like he's been given a, a free hand. He yeah, hasn't, he hasn't really got to you know obey the you know the rules of time and not interfere too much. You know, he, he has to interfere to put things right. Um, and what I, I mean, what I liked about um, particularly this story is. Yeah, with the the confessor section, actually, because I just like the the the, um, the two actors playing over the confessor and Edith. And this, I thought they worked really well. It seemed to be like um, it was almost like a Robert Holmes sort of script, where you've got like the yeah. you know you've got the double acts all the way through it, because you had um, the two Romans, don't yeah, you? Yeah, Lucilius and Marcus as well. You had them as like a double act. You had um. Lucy Martin and, and uh, Richard Martin, not the director, yeah. um, and then um, then you had over the confessor and Edith as well. So there was all these little pairings all the way through it, and I think that's another reason why I enjoyed it because all, yeah, all the way through you had your characters sort of bouncing off one another, and, and, and also yeah, they're not just there to either provide light relief or get killed. No. They actually, all in their own way, have their important parts to play. Yes, which which I thought was great. I mean, that's why I liked it. Yeah, it, it's especially with the sort of so the, the, the confessor um, 
section, you've got this little potted history lesson from the Doctor about, you know, during that time, you had all these different um, races and cultures over here. They were, they were welcomed by with the Confessor because yeah. basically he was playing them off against one another. He was promising yeah. them the kingdom, um, really just to prolong his own um, yeah. reign, and really, wasn't they, it? Yeah. They didn't attack because they thought they was going to get it anyway, so yeah. why waste... Why waste, uh, you know... Lives, and, lives and resources on a war. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They didn't have to fight, so it was. Um, no, I, I just, I just liked all the little history lessons throughout this as well. I thought I, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, and, and and the fact that they weren't portrayed as as what tends to happen when we go back into when you when you get these stories that go back into history, everybody's simple in previous years and not as clever as the yeah as the, us, the... us now. So this story being quite um, good, because you've, you've got the Romans talking about um, how religion and you know shouldn't really cause problems, but it does. And yeah, yeah. You've then got Edith and Edward work out Grail anyway without the Doctor's help. Yeah, exactly. And they're the ones that actually. Well, is that the end? It's like they plans. said. You don't think we stayed here for so long without. Knowing yeah. that someone was trying to kill us, yeah, you know. So I, I just really, I just, and again, it was, it was sort of, you know, the whole thing about you know finding finding plutonium, yeah, a, a lot earlier than mankind should have done. Um, the only, the, yeah. the only character actually having said that that does come across as as the bumbling <laughs> simpleton from history is Richard Martin. Well, yeah, but he wasn't actually Richard Martin, was he? No, no, but you know, as you know, in, or Colonel Richard Martin to give me his, his not yeah. as I say, not the not the Doctor Who director Richard Martin. So, <laughs> um, no. yeah, yeah, he, he, yeah, I know, I know what you mean, but he he was he was pretending to be somebody else, wasn't he? So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I can forgive that one. Yeah, yeah. I think I, he, yeah. he was just the more... main one of those two was was, was Lucy, wasn't it? Who yeah, was... she was the obviously the more adventurous and, and doing, yes. yeah, intelligent one out of, out of the pairing. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, I like the use of sound in this one. Um, I know I've sort of... It's something I always listen out for in an, in an audio story. Are they really sort of taking you places, if you know what I mean? And, and on the odd occasion, Big Finish, some of the stories we've covered anyway, um, they haven't quite achieved that. Um, but in this one, I thought they did. It's like, it's like when in the, uh, the Roman camp, yeah. it's constantly raining. Yeah. And you do get that, that that image in your mind of sort of like the tents and the muddy fields and the just pouring of rain, can, you know, constantly. Um, I, I just really, really, really like that. Um, also the, uh, what was it, the Hellfire Club dungeon or yeah. the cave and everything, I thought was, was, was well realised. Um, yeah, I, I just really, really thought that this, everything in this for me, you know, just sort of hit the spot. I thought the music was good as well. Um, it wasn't overly done. It wasn't intrusive. Uh, it just really worked for me, this story. Really did. Oh, I'm, ple- I'm pleased to hear that. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad I picked it. <laughs> and ruined the ending for you. So. <laughs> See, now, now, did you feel that you might have spoiled... Because what did you do? Did you sort of look it up? To see what it what it what people said about it, or well, see no, what I, the blurb was on it I before did, choosing it. Before choosing it, yeah, that's what I did because I wanted to know. So well, what am I? The, you know, what am I? Um, it's the mistake you see. Now, 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 do, do you do you wish you hadn't? Do you wish you'd have had the the reveal? Um, do you know what? No, not really. Because it, 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 say because it's it's not a uh, um, the Nymon aren't exactly. An old school monster. I'm sort of clamouring for for a return to, if you know what I mean. So, because um, I said they remember for all the wrong reasons. I mean, the the thing the thing I've I mean, everything said about it, the thing I'd got far enough into it. As I said, I wasn't that far off of actually the reveal. Um, anyway, yeah. Um, but I think what but where I did benefit from from not having that was that when the reveal come, you sort of went. It did give you the opportunity to think. Oh yeah, should have seen that. And I quite like that in a story. Yeah, a story that actually, you know, sort of, you, you get to the point where they, where they reveal something, and you sort of think, you look back and you think, 
oh, I, could have, I should have spotted that. There's clues there. I quite like it when there's when they've put in little clues all the way through. Sow the seeds throughout. Yeah. 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 No, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean there. It, it was, as I say, I mean, the clues were there, but even at the end, you do hear their voices actually before you get to the end. And even yeah. then, you, it, it, I was very, very briefly, but I can't actually remember what the nine ones sounded like anyway. So I think even if I, if I didn't know, it was the Nymon. Um Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't have got it from that. I would have I mean, got the, it. The, no. fa- the fact is, there's, there's, there's quite a lot of different um, or not so different voices used in Doctor Who over the years. But <laughs> you couldn't be certain from from the little bits you heard. No, exactly. As, as to who that was. Well, there's also a little um, cameo for Nicholas Briggs as a Dalek. And this is, and it's t- entirely inconsequential to the to, to the to the story, really. But apparently, that is covered in in, a, in a, another story. How it got there, yeah, in another story later on. So, the continuity they 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 sort of built up in, in Big Finish is quite comprehensive, really, isn't it? Even it's sort of like they're building on the continuity of the classic show and building their own continuity as well, which which I they're building their own worlds. That's what I like about Big Finish. Yeah, because we get the mention of Zagreus, don't you? Yeah, that, oh yeah, that's the other thing as well. Yeah, so which we still haven't sort of <laughs> garnered the courage to, 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 no. to listen to yet. Um, yeah, I, I just like the, the fact they're building their own worlds, they're not just relying on you know the what what came before mm. and building on that. Um, I, 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 it's great. I think it's one of the one of the things that I, I like about Big Finish. They're not. They're not. They never have rested on their laurels. They've always. No, they've always they, tried to improve yeah. on everything. You know, it's it's, it's great. They, they put in their own little bits of continuity, but then still managing not to be. They're not being continuity heavy. There's not a point where no. Um, you can enjoy this without having having listened to anything previously. Yeah. 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 You, as I say, that you know, they drop enough information there to see for it. Right, okay, I can pick up the, the the plot's thread now, and I can just go with it. Yeah, you know, I know what's happened before now, and just go. So, yeah, um, that's great. I mean, I would definitely recommend this story um, to to people. What what about yourself, Paul? Yeah, no, there's enough in there's, there's definitely enough in this, and yeah, I do like. I just I do like McGann's Doctor. Yes, I, think I do. The story yeah. really does give him a chance to to play at that. Yes, and and to be playful in terms of his his doctor as well. In yeah, what is usually quite serious positions. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Totally and utterly agree. So, um, anyway, should we leave that there? Then, because that's probably yes. a, a nice positive note to end that uh, little little review on. Um, spoilerific review, I should say. Um, now, coming up n- on the podcast next. Um, we're back to what we we say back to. We're going to be f- long last finishing our series two retrospective. We've reached Doomsday, haven't we? Yes, at last, we, in more ways than one. <laughs> we've reached Doomsday. Um, so we're finally going to be covering that um, in a couple of weeks' time. Then um, after that, we're back to Target again, um, and we thought we'd do a um, a first Doctor story. Cause we haven't done one since uh, the Time Meddler, I think. No. Was that was our last one? Yeah. And as there's a sort of a, a, a new animation coming up for Power of the Daleks, we thought we would because we always do a comparison to to the televised version. Um, we thought we would cover Reign of Terror. Yes. Um, as a which is written by Ian Marta as well. So because um, we 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 we're quite conscious of the fact we've covered quite a few Terence Dix novels, haven't we? Yes. So we thought we'd, we'd go for someone different. And also, um, the obviously, what we're, we're comparing it to will be sort of part part original broadcast and part animated. Yes. So, um, yeah. And quite a long one for us. We usually tend to go for the um, the four-part stories, but we're going for a six-parter this time. Yes. So we'll see how we get on with that. So that's, that's what's coming up anyway. And um, also, hopefully... Um, in the next few weeks, uh, there should be another video podcast um, cropping up as well. So we'll um, we'll see how we. I'm quite the. I've only just started work on it, so we'll see how we um, how we go with that. So um, so watch this space. That's what I'm going to say. Yes. Watch this space. So anyway, 
that's that then, isn't it? That is. That is. So, um, until next time then, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Mm-hmm.